You know, uh, I'm singing, and uh, Pastor Larry, just over and over, kept coming to my heart. And uh, Pastor Larry, some might not know, he's our worship pastor. He's He's been uh, laid up a little bit. Um, he has some healing to do, and uh, he is home from the hospital, Mark told me this morning, and uh, doing very well, or doing better. But there's something he, he has said a couple of times uh, in our staff meetings, and he says, you know, I'm so blessed to take the sermons and put them online, because he listens to them again and again to kind of like cut, you know, if there's silence, he'll cut it out. He'll take the time to make it, you know, sound good for someone that's listening. And he goes, I'm so blessed because, you know, sitting there on Sunday, sometimes uh, I, I think I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but is what I understand him to say. is kind of like sitting, sitting there on Sundays listening to sermons, I just sometimes don't get it all. You know, it's hard for me to grab it as it's being preached. And he goes, and then I, I go, and all of a sudden, wow, I go, whoa. He said, I, I, there's something I didn't hear in the first, it's not, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So, Pastor Larry, I know you're going to be hearing this. And uh, bless you. We're praying for you. And we thank you. Thank God for you and your service. Well, we get to uh, continue talking about uh, spiritual gifts. And... Um, Surely by now, if uh, you've been in church for a while and you do understand a little bit about spiritual gifts, the gift of administration, the gift of serving, surely by now you're saying this is the third week. Surely, Pastor Tony, you're going to start talking about those spiritual gifts. I was going to. (laughs) And it's like God just kept coming to me and just saying, you you know, Tony, you, you can share it. I mean, it's my word. Spiritual gifts are in my word. You can share that, but it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. We, you can't move past the heart. We, we can't even understand um, the spiritual gift of salvation, let alone the spiritual gifts that are imparted to us upon salvation by the Spirit of God, that we might glorify God through our life we still live on earth. If we leave the heart out of it, it's nothing. I want to talk some more about the heart today. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure God will speak to some of us. His word will never come back void. But he surely has been speaking to me through this venture. We're going to talk about the heart. I want to tell you about, I went to Apple. Anyone here ever go to the Apple store? It's an awesome experience. I got there at 8 a.m. So I can get in line three hours later. They say, okay, you can come so I can look at your phone. Uh, If you haven't been there, go there. So three hours later, I return because they text me, and I take my phone in, and this tech, three-level, third-level tech, is looking at my phone. Well, we're there a half hour. He's got my phone squared away, and this, this person comes over with this lady that has been waiting three hours. And he goes, this is a brand-new iPhone, and we can't figure out how to shut off voice command. And he said, and I even got the floor tech. So the tech went and got the floor tech. The two of them are there, and they're looking at this phone, and he's looking at the tech I'm with, third-level tech. And he goes, we can't figure this out. The phone is brand new. It's driving the lady crazy. She's going down the road. It, it hears a voice, and it activates who knows what. we got to shut off voice command. And, the, and the, my tech goes, no problem. He goes, it should be here somewhere. And he's looking, and they're going, see, we've been here half an hour, this poor lady. And she's kind of like, uh, and I'm kind of like going, Whoa. And finally, the third level tech goes, 
I can't do it because it'll activate. <laughs> he takes the phone and he goes, Siri, shut off voice command. Click. Hands him back the phone. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Think about that a minute. But you know, there was something that they knew were missing, but they weren't willing to give up trying. See, these texts had a focus in mind. They were texts. What do they do? They fix stuff. They fix stuff that they know very well, right? They couldn't fix this. Brand new phone. They couldn't figure it out. So finally, the third tech, he says, Siri, turn off voice command and click. Then he turned to me and he said this. Well, first I said, wow, that was simple. He says, yeah, I know. He said, all that time and all that effort. You know what? We just, we just need to learn to trust artificial intelligence. Quote. And I went, oh, no. He was sincere. We just need to learn to trust artificial intelligence. I would say he was, I'm nothing on age, but he is, to, to mention culture, he's 23 probably. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Siri, who is God? Yes. The concept of God. Siri says, God is a monotheistic thought, a concept. We're to trust artificial intelligence. Uh, just saying. Hey, Siri, who do you believe God is? Who do you believe God is? Oh, you don't want to talk to me now, I know. I'll tell you who, who it told me God was earlier. My policy is the separation of spirit and silicone. That's, ask it. I don't know. I don't know why you're not talking to me. You try to embarrass me. Hey, Siri. Who do you say God is? Yeah, she ain't talking to me now. It ain't talking to me. I'll tell you what, that's fine. Because I don't want, I don't want to talk to you either. My policy is the separation of spirit and silicone. Don't you think that the world is trying its hardest to divide us from God, to separate us from God, to distract us from God? to take our heart. Don't think for a minute that the world's not. So I'll, here's the deal. You know, your spiritual gift is spiritual. It's spiritual. It's something that God imparts to us. It's not something in a sense that is tangible that we can touch. Like I have this gift wrap thing over here, you know, and it's in a minute it's going to represent a spiritual gift so that we can tangibly see it. But the whole point is, our spiritual gift is spiritual. We can't make it physical, and sometimes we have a tendency to do so. We'll talk about that in a minute. Your spiritual gift is not physical at all. We can't achieve it. We can't even, we're gonna, we'll talk about this, but we can't even take a test. Who's ever taken a spiritual gift test? Raise your hand. They're awesome. I love them, I'm not, and I'm very sincere about that. But guess what? We can't take a physical spiritual gift test and think that's telling us what our spiritual gift is. Like we can wrap it up like a diploma and put it in our back pocket and we're good to go. Okay, it ain't going to happen. 
Your spiritual gift is created in his image, gifted for his glory. He intends for us to receive his spiritual gift and gifts only for his glory. That's why it's a matter of our heart and our heart in him, who we are in him and God. But then sin comes along and separates us. So the next thing you know, we're separated from from God. Most of us know the story. God sent his one and only son, amen, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. It's free to you, but it costs God everything. I want to be careful with that statement, you know, because again, if you're kind of a theologian in here, you might say, well, now wait a minute, Tony, it didn't cost God everything because God is everything. And I just got to, you know, it's not the point. But God did send his one and only son. It cost him everything. It cost him his son. Okay. Let's listen to Romans 10, 9, and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now watch this part. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Romans 10, 9, and 10. It always goes back to the heart. Always goes back to the heart. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. What we see, what we hear, goes into our heart, is expressed through our mouth. There's no way around it. Three weeks of scriptures just to back this up. Pastor Tony, why do you keep hitting this over and over and over again? Because it's about our heart. You, you can't move on without understanding the greatest deception I believe there is in this world is that we are deceived to think our eyes and our ears can go wherever they please when Scripture and God clearly tells us they cannot. They cannot. Wherever they go, so goes our heart. And that's so tough to understand. And if we don't grab, I'm going to say this simple but deep concept, I'll contend we can never grow in our relationship with God, at least to any extent. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be serious and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your formal ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. First Peter 1.13. Anyone hear that scripture this morning? Stand if you've heard that scripture this morning. Now, how did that happen? It was in Bible study. I had no clue it was there. God goes before us. I'm just saying, thank you. Have a seat. So, we need to be, what's that word? Oh, come on. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that word? Serious. We need to be serious. We need to be obedient about what God has for us. And see that word ignorance? It's interesting, the word ignorance. The word ignorance, sometimes we use it how? Well, officer, I know you pulled me over. I know that I was supposed to be wearing my seatbelt, but I was ignorant. I didn't know that was the law. That don't work. See, the word ignorance here isn't that you don't know. It's that it, you choose to ignore what you do know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look that up. Who, who has a Greek concordance? And, who, okay, anyway. I'm telling you. 
He's saying we need to be serious and set our hope only on the grace of God. Thank you, Pastor Paul, this morning for that encouragement. And how do we do that? By being obedient. What is that? It's a choice. Seriously, it's a choice. And and if we want to claim ignorance, too late, too bad, can't. Scripture's telling us. Do not conform to the desires of your former ignorance. Now that Christ is in me, I am no longer ignorance, but I choose to ignore what God has for me if I see and hear things that don't glorify him. How do you guard your heart? How are we going to do this? So, how do, to, Pastor Tony, what does the word say about guarding our heart then? Our eyes and our ears, because we're guarding our heart by what I see and hear. We have a grandson, Gage. And grandson's about just a little over two. And guess what? He's not talking in complete full sentences yet. And, and what does he speak? How does he know to speak? From what he hears. How did he form words? He doesn't go to school. He doesn't have a formal teaching. He, he repeats what he sees and he hears. It comes out of his mouth. Anyone have little kids there? Anyone know what I'm saying? Right? And then there's sometimes, to our amazement, that things come out of his mouth that he's, he, he hears and sees. He has no comprehension what he's saying. Sometimes we got to go, <laughs> cover his mouth, you know. Don't, don't say that. Just not, you're not supposed to. Where'd you hear that anyway? You know? Right? Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, you might say, well, he's a two-year-old. It doesn't matter how old you are. What you see, what you hear is going to come out of your mouth, no matter your age. So in the beginning, God created us. He created Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve's eyes and ears were totally on God. And then what happened? They chose to disobey God. They chose for their eyes and their ears to go somewhere else. Right? And when they did, the Bible says, a veil came between God and Adam and Eve. God no longer walked with them directly in the garden. Their eyes and their ears started to get distracted. All of a sudden you have Cain killing Abel and the sin just enters the world and this big separation from that day to today exists. 2 Corinthians 3.15 says, But their minds were closed. For to this day, the same veil remains at the reading of the Old Covenant. It has not been lifted, because only in Christ can it be removed. And even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Second Corinthians 3.15. You guys, listen. I know it's no surprise. I know it doesn't take you back to say that the world wants our attention. The world wants to distract us away from God. I know it takes no one by surprise to think that if someone is not a believer, has not put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, that we should not even expect them to act godly, but yet I think sometimes we do. But but there should be no expectation there. So a non-believer should have no influence in my life. The world is not supposed to have influence in my life, but tries to have me see 
and hear things that write to my heart to continue that separation. And the only way the Bible says that that veil, that veil can be taken away is through Christ. So don't raise your hand on this one. I know I try to get you to interact a little. But if you're sitting here this morning and you have put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which doesn't even make sense to the world. The Bible says it's foolishness to those that don't believe. I used to not believe. It was total foolishness. Someone tried to tell me about Jesus before I was saved. I'd go, what? I remember Trish was there. I'd slam my door, bam, right in people's face, uh, uh, right in their face, trying to tell me about Jesus. I don't believe I ever heard the gospel. I didn't give them time to share it. A guy from a local church many years ago put his foot in my door and said, you're going to hell. And I said, good, fine. And I slammed my door and he started yelling and screaming because I, I don't know what I did to his foot. I don't care. Or I didn't care. The separation, this veil is there. And I want us to contend that if we're not careful, not the veil of salvation. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If you repented of your sin, you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that veil has been removed. According to scripture, the Bible tells us if we believe, what's God's will for our life? John six forty. what is it? And this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him should have eternal life, shall be saved. So I'm not talking about taking away our salvation right here at this point, but I am talking about this veil remains for a whole lot of people. Would you agree? They don't know Jesus yet as their Savior. One. Two, if we're not careful... Not this veil that stops us from being saved, but the veil of the world will try to stop us even though we're saved from seeing and hearing God. All right, let's look at this. So Psalms 119 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it. By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know you know what's hard, Pastor Paul, with putting together a sermon like this? There are so many verses that talk about, there's hundreds. I'm kind of like, I got to really pray because how, how do I choose? There's hundreds of verses that tell us to guard ourselves, to guard our heart, to watch our eyes, to watch our ears, and, and yet sometimes what we do is we go, we, we, we just, I don't even want to look at you. God, I, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. I, I, I just, you know, I guess I'll just, I just live in the world. And I don't know. I'm not trying to be a downer. We, we, we just really got to grab this. How do we keep our way pure? By guarding it. What are we guarding? What are we guarding? Thank you. Our heart. We're guarding our heart. The very essence of God. The Bible describes God. God is love. It's one word. We're guarding our heart. Some of us, our hearts hurt. They've been attacked. They've been tore down. They've been rejected. I get it. I know it. But God has not. We got to come back to something here. 
we got to come back to a time when we realize, no, God wants our heart. And the people that have tried to hurt it, and quite frankly, the hearts we have hurt, we got to confess it, repent of it, and move on with God. Not with something else or someone else, right? It's all about choices. God gave us the freedom to love. Would you agree? We, we have a free will. I mean, without the choice to say no, there's no meaning to saying yes. There would be no meaning to saying yes. God, I choose you. Proverbs 4.20 says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and, and put perverse lips far from you. What is it saying? Listen. We're to take and keep the things that are affecting our heart at bay and give them to God. How do we do that? I want to be real careful here, too. Because you might be hearing me saying, it is all about me. It is all about my choices. It is all about what I do and what I don't do. I have a big part of it, right? Because I make choices. But it's God's word that gives me the power to do what I'm talking about. I hope we're not missing that. How do you know where your eyes and ears have been? How do you know? I don't even want to say this one. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll just be a little transparent. Because how do you know where your eyes and ears have been? Through what you say with your mouth. Now, why do I not want to say that? Trish and I have been doing taxes for the last four weekends. Friday and Saturday, basically all day. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. There's been at least two times that I didn't like what came out of my mouth. Where did that come from? Hey, you can, I don't want, don't have vain imagination. Oh my gosh, that he's, you know. It doesn't matter, but I didn't like it. And I, I had to even stop and I had to go, where, where, where did that come from? And why? God, thank you for the ability to have four to five weekends to do nothing but taxes. I know that might sound weird, but come on, what's the alternative? Not having uh, pay, not having money to support ourselves, not, you, you get it? Uh, I slipped a little bit there. Proverbs 4.20, let your eyes look straight ahead, let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Uh, okay, so, so again, I mean, I, you can read, you can hear. But if we took this scripture right here, again, it's talking about pondering the path of our, think, our feet. Okay, 
we, we got to make sure when we're living our life that we just don't let it slap us in the face and go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, do I look at this, do I not? Is this of God, is this not? Well, let me think what I'm hearing. You, you, you get what I'm saying? We got to think about this a little bit. We got to ponder, okay, what am I going to do today when someone cuts me off in traffic? Who here has ever cursed someone who's cut you off in traffic? Raise your hand. I'm waiting. Okay. Ah! God, when someone cuts me off in traffic today, probably going to happen. There is no reason for me to curse them. Because all I'm doing is cursing myself. I mean, really, they can't hear you. Unless you're doing other things that are gesturing and... You get what I'm saying? We gotta think. We gotta ponder. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop and think this through. And, and, and then our, our pathways will be established. What does that mean? Well, as we're thinking through or pondering what we're seeing and what we're hearing, the bottom line is eventually we're making the choices allowing God to help us to see and to hear. And then what's gonna happen? We're gonna allow God to help us to see and hear through our, our life, through our day. And it says, lastly, remove your foot. If you're seeing and hearing things that are not godly, remove your foot from them. I'll give you an example. Just came to me. I don't even know that I'm proud of it. Well, I'm not proud of it. As a fairly new believer, Titanic came out. Has this, this nude scene in the middle of it. Titanic was a pretty neat movie, I thought. I don't know. Seemed almost very real. And then as it's going along, next thing you know, there's this long nude scene. scene. Who's seen Titanic? See if I'm, okay. I want to make sure I'm just at least communicating. And we're watching this thing. And for one split second, I saw this nude scene that lasted a few minutes. Because the minute it came on, these hands covered my eyes. My wife. Now, you're either all going to have to take my wife with you throughout your day, or we're going to have to learn to remove our foot, stop looking, and literally remove ourselves from those things. If we're, if we're seeing and hearing things, we should not. Come on, don't kid yourself. You're, gonna, you're either going to stay behind, you're gonna, well, God, I'm just going to stay behind this veil, and, and you know, and I'm going to pretend that what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, well, I know it's not godly, but. Romans 10, 14 says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Romans ten fourteen, You know, we all have a responsibility in case some of us are, are wondering, well, Pastor Tony, I mean, I, I do watch what I see and hear. Well, praise God. I like to think I do too, right? I mean, I really do. If you will, ask my wife. I mean, there's things I refuse to see. There's even some some things that uh, shows or whatever. I mean, as a matter of fact, I don't even watch much TV anymore. I can't. I've got to remove my feet from these things, and I have. I do my best. I'm not, I'm not perfected, but I really do. I'm not above it. And I want no part of it, quite frankly. 
The, the more my eyes and my ears are controlled by my choices, the closer I am to God, bottom line. That's where you can say amen and go home. You could have walked in here. I could have made that statement. We could have left if, if, if we just took it to heart. We have a responsibility, those that are mature in Christ and are watching our eyes and our ears to help others to understand that they are too, to watch their eyes and their ears. Matter of fact, to the point of the gospel. Oh my gosh, eternity. How I go and present the gospel for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I present to you the gospel. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And for the wages of those sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23. I present to you the gospel, Jesus Christ that died on our behalf, took the penalty for our sin. By what you are hearing and what you are seeing in his word, in your heart right now, determines whether or not you can be saved for eternity. Think about this. How important is our eyes and our ears? It's, I mean, it's eternity. And if, if our eyes and our ears through the word of God is based on eternity, how much more is our life lived in Christ based on what we hear and see in his word? How much more? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of God, Romans ten sixteen. We grow in our faith through the word. Um, there is no other way. I think, I think, I think it, we could say, like, when I pray, and I, and I know, for lack of a better way to say it, I know God answers a prayer that I prayed. Does that build my faith? What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. But am I praying and believing in the word? Absolutely. It's the word of God that builds our faith. And when we're in the word of God, we are seeing and hearing the things of God. Our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And our relationship with God gets closer, closer, and closer. Over 40 years ago, Trish and I got married. The pastor said, well, you may now kiss the bride. And I took and I shook Trisha's hand. I said, man, this is awesome. I'll see you later. Forty years go by. I say, hey, man, how's it going? You know, it's been a little while. Since. Ah. Our relationship is to continue in Christ. It's to grow in Christ. It's a, it's a daily thing. Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived even since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. I love taking the children out a few weeks ago. I was trying to talk to them about assurance of salvation, and I asked them, well, do you believe God is real? And they all said, yes. I said, well, how do you believe? Why do you believe? And, they, and I get it. They're, they're children, so you know, they're going, uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Why are you asking us that? And I said, well, you know, why do you believe God is real? Because your parents told you they were? He was real? Because you heard it in church? Have you ever seen God? And they looked at me and went, huh? Well, of course not. And I went, you haven't? Come with me. And we walked outside. 
and we picked up a flower and I handed it to each child. I said, what do you think? Smell it. Look at it. Who created that? God did. Don't tell me you've never seen God. His very creation reveals himself. I said, look around. And they looked. And they went, I don't know, only God. It's not me. Only I don't know what God spoke to their hearts that day. But it's, it's our job to show people, see and hear the goodness of God. Our job. That's for us. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were made darkened. You get that word right there? And their foolish hearts were made darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. Romans one twenty one. I mean, I don't know if you, again, if you guys are thinking, Pastor Donnie, what a downer, man. Encourage us. Well, I'm trying to. I'm encouraging us to watch, to hear, and to have a heart toward God. That's it. That's, there is no other message. Our culture is, this is where they're at. This is our culture we live in today. Matter of fact, it's, you know, ever since back in the garden, but Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an immortal God, of the immortal God, for images resembling mortal man. Does that sound familiar? Of the things we see and we hear, and it, and it can mess us up if we're not careful. Job thirty-one one says this: I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. I glance real quick. And I see there's uh, some younger people in, in the room this morning. Some youth. So I don't want to use an illustration that's too graphic. That, that is not me, I promise. But let me just stop a minute and make sure. (laughs) I've done that. That's why I say I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. I don't. I can't. I can't say I'm only human and I will not, or I will not say I'm only human and it's apparent I'm a guy. So we could say, well, all guys might look at women in a lustful way or whatever the case may be. We can go to our sin nature and we can pretend and we can say that's the way it is. And, oh, man, you know. Outside of making the choice to covet with my eyes not to see these things, I am going to fall into the same deception we fall into. I'm sorry. It's the way it is in my sin nature. I cannot let my eyes, again, I I say this because I mean it. If it's on your heart and you're wondering if I'm speaking the best I can, as truthful as I can, ask my wife, Trish. She knows I will not watch shows that seem even innocent, some of them. She knows that. I will not watch it. I do not want my eyes to be looking at another woman than my wife. I don't want my heart to look at anyone but Christ. 
Take your feet away from evil. Don't fool yourself to think somehow you're in control. God has made us too wonderfully made. That what we see and what we hear right to our heart, regardless if it's good or evil, because sin nature dwells within us. We have no choice nor capacity to look at something and pretend we don't see it or hear something and pretend we don't hear it. There is not the capacity in us to do that. Otherwise, we're saying God messed up on how he created us. It can't happen. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. There is nothing above, nothing above guarding our heart. Nothing. It's about our heart. So you all, I think, have a worship guide, I, I, I think. Everyone, anyone not have a worship guide? Would you mind raising your hand? Because you need it real quick. All right, in it, I want you to take out this page. And on the page, it says, what if? And then it has this box right here. All right, and if you don't have, everyone doesn't have a pen, uh, work with someone that's um, like maybe with you or or something like that. But here's what I'd like for us to do. I, w- I would like for you to uh, do this. I'd like for you to uh, write down um, the hours that you work in the week, and then it says weekday, then work, and after hours work, and then other. And I'd like for you to write down um, how many hours you work a week and, you know, put it in that box. And Because what we're going to do is figure out how much God time we have in a week. See, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to calculate how much time we're spending with God, meaning how much time are we having our eyes and our ears attentive to the things of God. Okay, so so write down the work week thing there, and then I want you to write down after work, you know, if you work an eight-hour day, 10-hour, then the hours after work, I want you to write that down. And then I want you to write down the hours of the other, you guys are so cool, most of you are like diligently, hey, look up at me a minute, look up, look up here. You know what would be easier? Just go to that right-hand column and write down how much time you spend with God and the rest of it's not with God. How about that? It'd be, it'd be easier. Oh, Pastor Tony, again, with the words, man, encourage us. Why spend five-minute devotional time with Jesus every morning or ten? Or, and again, it, don't hear these as con- condemning. It's not where I'm coming from or nowhere God's coming from. He, he doesn't condemn us. Where does he stand condemned? So I'm almost through. I want, I want, let's just play this out. Just let's play this out. We all have 168 hours a week. And so I started to tabulate some of my hours, as you see. And I figured, you know, that's what I was doing. Some of you were really diving in. I'm going, okay, we got, you know, I have uh, 64 hours that, you know, I work a week. And then after work, I have 12 hours. But out of that 12 hours, I spend a minimum six hours with Trish, undivided time. Aren't I a great husband? And so, you know, and I start, I start calculating all these hours and doing this thing. And, and, I, and wait, I'm serious. This is how I'm playing out the sermon this morning. And then it, that's when it hit me because I was seriously going to have you try to do this. <laughs> and I'm going, it's like God said, well, no, just put down this time you spend with me and then the rest of it, you know, will have to work out. And I went, uh, okay. So I, you know, you probably can't see that, but you know, 
I, I put down all those hours and We try to make our spiritual life in Jesus physical when our life in Jesus is spiritual. It's not about becoming more like Jesus. It's about being more like Jesus. It's huge difference. You can, you can try to become more like Jesus, but guess what? Most of the times it's on your terms. I, I can try to become more like Jesus on my terms. The things I do, the things I see, the things I hear, my terms. I'm not saying it's all bad. Or do I want to say it's about being like Jesus? What's the difference? I'm glad you asked. Here's the difference. When my eyes and my ears are in the word and see Christ, my heart automatically becomes like God. It's automatic. That's that's the difference. Impossible, you say. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. And Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Revelation three twenty. Anyone ever hear this, see this verse, hear this verse? Again, I ask so I know how to, how to present. Okay, do we know that, that he's talking to believers? A lot of people use this scripture as a, a gospel presentation. Hey, if Jesus tells you, and well, it's true because he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. But actually, he's talking to believers. You can use it for gospel presentation because for that moment, that very moment of time, that's what happens to a believer. Okay? Jesus is knocking when they hear the, the, the gospel and a believer has that choice, so he opens the door, and you can be saved. So you can use that scripture, but in context, he's talking to someone that's already saved. Why would Jesus have to tell someone who's already saved, I'm at the door of your heart knocking? Why? Because we get distracted. That's why. Jesus says, let me in, man. I want to be a part of your life. You know, I, I, I paid the penalty for your sin. You're saved, but I want to be a part of your whole life. All right, backside, this is it. Go to the backside of that paper. Right here. I'm giving you a test for the week. And in this test, what I want you to do, if you look at it, it says one-week test. I'm using the scripture, 1 John 4, 1 through 2, test all things. We're to test all things. And it says, make every effort to see and hear godly things this week. I want to challenge us. I don't, I don't know how to say it. I want to encourage us. I want to, I, I want to um, present to us to take this week and be very careful and ponder your week and thoughts as to what you are hearing and seeing. And so I put down here just some ideas. Number one, take a stone to remind you while you're on this journey. Does everyone have one of these stones? If not, would you raise your hand real quick? We're good. We got some people who will give you one. I want you to have one. Okay, right here. Thank you. Now, you might say, Pastor Tony, why are you giving me a stone? I mean, it's, it's just a stone. <laughs> For real. I discovered something a long time ago. Trish and I used to do a lot of youth ministry. And I started to give 
the youth, not all the time, just ones that we were counseling or they were struggling with something, something tangible. I said, I want this to remind you of what we spoke about today, what God's desire is for your heart and your ways. And there's just something about having something tangible because we are in a physical world. I want you to take this today and put it in your pocket. Um, do something with it where it stays with you to remind you this week that you're going you're gonna to watch your eyes. You're going to ponder your eyes and your ears this week. And then I put down here some ideas. Start a journal. What does that mean? Literally, start, even if it's a piece of paper this week, say, okay, Pastor Tony, here we go. I'm going to watch my eyes and ears this week. There's the start of my journal. And then and journal some thoughts. What happened? When, when, when did God speak to your heart? And then I put down here things like um, morning time, instead of listening to the news, play some worship songs, working, take your Bible to work, a hard copy. I mean, you can read that. And they're very simple. I mean, I, I, I just wanted to spur our thoughts here a little bit. Now, I believe by the word of God, and I'm being very sincere here, I believe by the word of God, no matter where you're at in your Christian walk, if you're in in a Christian walk, if you're a born-again believer, to the maturest that already watch their eyes and ears the best they can in this world, to the most immature that that they just don't even get it. They they, they think that it doesn't matter what they see and hear because they're mature and, and it doesn't do anything to them. No matter where you're at in that spectrum, engage intentionally, prayerfully, watching what you see and hear this week. Your life, I, I just really believe for the vast majority of us, will change radically. You will grow closer to God than maybe you ever have. You will start to hear from God again, probably. A weak challenge. Now, you're not going to come back next week, and I'm not going to make you say who did it because I'm not going to put you on the spot. That's between you and God, totally, you know. But I would love to hear some testimonies to that. Is there anyone in the room, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Paul here in a minute, but is there anyone in this room this morning that would say, Pastor Tony, okay, I think I got this. My sin separates me from God. I am not a born-again believer. I have not put my trust in Jesus as my Savior. He's speaking to my heart today. I don't want to be separated from him. I want to put my trust in him. No way am I going to let this morning go without giving an opportunity. Is there anyone here this morning that would, by raising their hand, say, Pastor Tony, stop and pray because God's calling me to be saved today, this morning. Is there anyone in this room that would say that? I'm to be, God wants me to be saved, to trust him this morning. Anyone? Okay. Hold on one moment. Thank you for that. Anyone that would say, Pastor Tony, I believe God's calling me to be saved. He's really he's revealing to my heart to be saved. Rededication. I guess mostly that's what this is about. I know that, or I believe, I've heard of so many testimonies from people in this room that I know that a lot of us testify that we're believers, you know. And so we're talking to believers, we're equipping this morning. That's what this time's for, is to equip believers. And praise God when our heart comes to a place where we say, I hear you, 
So absolutely. And and what, Miss Trish, would you come up? We would like to pray with you. I, for lack of a better way to say it, I see that in your heart. Is there anyone else that would just, I mean, you have that heart that says, Lord, I, I hear you. I want to rededicate my life to you publicly this morning. Would there, is there anyone else that would like to come forward and pray? Anyone? Would you mute me, please, for one moment? Just one moment. Two, but at least one small group. Um, and it's going to be a home group. And I really want you to be praying. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know how to segue into this, you know, So, I, but I, I don't want to miss speaking of it. I want you to be praying. That the, the, whole, the group is going to be kind of focused on this. It's going to be what the Bible says about who we are in our bodies. So a lot of it is going to be focused on health, physical health. And, but, but a lot of it also will be focused on our spiritual health. So to, to cut to the chase, it really is a group that's going to take seriously about getting our physical bodies in shape. And I, I mean, I fade. Please, you got to just, this is about, about, about what I feel God's taken me. The, one, the biggest area I have that I struggle in, if you will, is um, keeping this body a temple for Christ because I keep letting it go physically and I get tired easy and I can't stay focused and I, 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 don't, I don't like it. And I need some people, Trish and I, we prayed about it. We want some people to join us in this walk to, number one, physically get our bodies back in shape because it does glorify God, but at the same time to, to look at ourselves spiritually. What does that mean? You know, how do we spiritually get healthy? You know? So we, we're going to start that small group in just a couple of weeks. If you have a desire to check that out, it doesn't mean you have to join. But if you have a desire, you have a thought, you might want to do that, then, then see Miss Trish in the back. You know, let her know, even if it's in passing. You, want, you, know, it, you know, just let her know. You know what? We, I think we might like that. And then t- next week we'll have some kind of a sign-up sheet. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor.